Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. So grab a glass of your favourite beverage, alcoholic or not, if you're a pussy, and... (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And settle in for... Chapters three and four of Prisoner of Azkaban. Lovely. Great. Don't call our audience members pussies. Oh, they're going to be pussies and not drink. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Goblet of Wine. Hello. So it's confession time. It is. So, um, Hannah, how many times have we recorded this now? We've recorded it three times, Charlie. It's been three times. It's been three well, times. This is the third time. Yeah, we're not very good at technology, so we got these sexy new microphones. And apparently, I don't know how they work. You know um, nothing. You were like, I'm great at audio technology. No. Didn't record the audio. Okay. okay, no, you know what I think happened? I think, you know how I said... An alien came down from space and switched off the mics? Yeah. So basically, we Hannah went to edit it, and the entire episode was silent. So we're re-recording it, which we know might be a little bit like you guys are worried that it's not going to be as funny because we're repeating the jokes. Number one, please remember we actually do record this podcast drunk. And I can't remember a fucking thing I said when we originally recorded it. Can oh you? shit, yeah, I was supposed to read my notes. Don't do that. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Number two, we decided to get twice as drunk as we normally do to record this just to make it extra interesting for you guys so on that note we're gonna have a shot but it has to be a forfeit shot so you know what goblet of wine forfeit shots are what's the least favorite thing we drunk so far it's ouzo time people yeah we're gonna do a shot of ouzo and also we're on instagram live right now for some reason some poor souls are watching this so i was about um, to say to the podcast like come over to instagram live but no this will be how it works a week after oh god i don't want to do this I already feel like vomiting. Okay, three, two, one. Oh! Okay, so it sounds like, (laughs) in terms of podcasting, because this is how editing works, that we've just taken that shot. That's a lie. It's been an hour. Three shots ago. We've done three shots and an Instagram live. We are so drunk. Yes. And now we're about to re-record this episode, but it's going to be funnier because we're more drunk. So first we have thank yous to do. So the first thank you goes to Maddie N.A. who said in her review that she loves the rats. Also, because I'm reading this on a small phone, I really thought that said she loves the rats. (laughs) I was like, what rats? What rats? (laughs) What rats? No, she loves the rats and we love the rats. I also love rats. I, I love hate the rats. episode when we were just overcome by rats and just the entire That's like my worst nightmare. You know 1984 when he's like eaten by rats? That's my worst nightmare. <laughs> Read the next thank you. <laughs> um, hello, Grangerous, um, who won the Dracon quiz. Whoop, whoop. Amazing. Was that, that was the first day, That was the it? first day. So, so, you may have won the th- first day but here's a news flash for you grangerous so grangerous that one on the first day got 30 points and that was out of 36 points and on the day we were like oh my god that's amazing it's so high no. no second day fucking ruined you three teams got over your score was it three or was it two three 
Oh my god. I know. Sorry, so, Rangerous. No, also, we still love you. We sound like we're really rubbing it in right now, and obviously we love you, but the thing is, they were being really cocky on the yeah, day. Yeah, no, they know the banter here. They know the banter. Yeah, exactly. So they know that we are teasing them and that we love them. And also, we haven't, have we had tweets from any of them or anything? We haven't. We've had Facebooks. Yeah, we have. Which I'm really sorry, we're really shit at Facebook. Um, we do, we do. Sorry. Next, next review is from Lil Weasley. Whose review just said, someone call the goddamn wizard cops. That's the, one of the best reviews we have been left. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Facebook from Ali Bradford, who just finished season one. Um, we love you. You're, you're, you're a fucking legend. Yeah, thank you. As we said last episode, um, we had so many reviews in our small hiatus between season two and season three that we've spread them out over the next three episodes from episode yeah. one so if you haven't heard your review it will be coming if you want a shout out leave us a review on itunes or facebook and you will get a shout out yeah so at the end of the episode we will be answering a patreon question that we've had so if you want to know who do you feel is more evil umbridge or voldemort keep listening stay till the end boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. but let's boop, get boop. into the actual chat the chat so as you guys know We've already recorded this episode, but as I've said, I don't remember a thing I said when we originally recorded it. And also, I'm so drunk, I don't think I can read. <laughs> what are we drinking today, Charlie? We are drinking a Greek liquor, and I really wish we could be like, oh, we've never tried this before. No, we did. We drank it the first time we recorded this episode, and now it's three attempts later, and we've already drunk it. To give some backstory to this, just before recording this episode, I got back from a family holiday in Greece. Had you, Greece. Hannah? I haven't heard this before. <laughs> I love Greece. Beautiful country. We've already tried ouzo, which one of the main liquors of Greece. Um, you know, I've tried Metaxa like a few other things so i wanted to bring back something unique so i brought back something i can't pronounce i still can't pronounce it to this day i'll post a picture on instagram stories and on twitter of what the bottle is but charlie do you even remember what it tastes like to be honest sorry i wasn't listening to a word you just said try the alcohol it no it i remember oh shit uh it tastes like cinnamon i remember Mm. tastes like christmas it does. It literally tastes like, you know, okay, this might be a British thing or uh, not everywhere thing. Okay, so you know that you get those little like, um, fuck, I don't even know what to call them, like Christmas places. Um, I'm pretty what? sure there's a word for them, but I'm, I've had quite a few shots of ouzo, um, so I don't remember. Um, you know when you go and there's like reindeers and it like smells like shit and then there's also like a few Christmas trees and then there's like a shop and it will sell Christmas decorations for like three times. Like a grotto. Yeah, a, a grotto. A grotto. grotto. Like a Christmas grotto. And you go and you can get like warm, like orangey hot chocolate kind of thing and eggnog and... Mold wine. Mold wine. And yeah, there's reindeers and Christmas decorations and you can buy a Christmas tree and it's it's cute. Yeah, I love this it. is what this tastes like. My favorite this is what if this you tastes like to bottle that experience if you were and then to shove it down your throat which we've all been there um this is what it tastes like chapter three the night bus i fucking hate hannah good my first note is harry on the streets <laughs> so basically this chapter 
take us off right where the last one finished and harry's on the streets he is um so he's turned her life off hookery and um sexual hijinks to make a living <laughs> after storming out from- my first note is more serious <laughs> than that <laughs> could you stop laughing for my serious point no i'm shit-faced <laughs> What? Put this it is together, the... woman. What? Your ponytails are so wonky. Hannah... You look like spaniels. <laughs> Let me take a picture of your spaniels. My what? Spaniel. Spaniel. Ears. Ears. I feel bullied, quite frankly. Good. Anyway, so Harry, having turned to a life of prostitution is now sat on the dark and desolate streets of Privet Drive, whoring himself out for petty change when he feels like he's being watched. Wait, I have a point. I don't give a fuck. Startled. No! He, he, he slipped. And he You're ended. going so far ahead of my point! So my point was... Okay, it's a serious point. Harry, at this point, he's packed his case, he's left, and I think he said, I'm never coming back, or at least he thinks it in his head, in the dialogue in his head. If Harry believes at this point that he's left the Dursleys for good, does that inherently mean at this moment the protection charm around the Dursleys' house has broken? Because Dumbledore says in book six that the protection charm around the Dursleys works if, basically, if Harry still calls it home. So at this point, Harry thinks he's never going back, therefore he no longer calls it home. So until, you know, Fudge is like, you can go back in summer, does the protection charm break. No. No, so I don't think he did because as we kind of talked about before when you kind of like run away from home and it's entirely bullshit because you have no actual intention of running away from home. I think this is what Harry's doing. Harry accidentally summons the night bus. He does. Which is really convenient for him in that moment. And I wonder how often people accidentally summon the night bus because like if you fall over... But what you have to consider is that at this point, Harry has become a male prostitute. So he is swinging his arms about trying to um, convey his sexual allure right. via his... Allure. A triceps in your arm. Wait, what? You have biceps. 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 Yeah. So Harry is flexing his arms about, attempting to show off his biceps to um, attract potential suitors of either gender because as we know harry is bisexual um and then that's how he accidentally flags down the um night bus because he's hooking i was gonna make a serious point about how like if you fall over on a curb you're most likely to throw your dominant arm out so wizards must just summon the night bus accidentally all the time sorry i stopped listening at the word dominant (laughs) I would like to say that we are a, for the most part, sex positive podcast and that we um, are pro-sex work under the right conditions. Oh yeah, 100%. So we support everyone's right to do sex work, including Harry Potter's. Um, However, not at the age of 13. No, I support the legalisation of sex work so we can have more regulation and that means no 13-year-old underage wizards. Exactly. Exactly. Um, My next note was just about the name, the night bus. Like... I realised on this reread, it's so simple, but such a clever play on words. Like, it's a night bus. A night saves you. It also is picking Harry up. That was so loud. It was. It's also picking Harry up during the night. And a night bus in England is a classic thing. Like, so the night buses... (laughs) We need to get through this. 
the night buses pick you up in England, like when the normal buses stop running, that this is a night bus because it comes to your aid. And it's so simple. I wonder how none, no one came up with it beforehand. And it's so brilliant. I love it. I just find it to be the most exciting concept. Like I would pay, like genuinely, if someone was to recreate the night bus, I would pay to do that as like some kind of themed event. Sorry, Hannah just violently smashed her glass into the microphone out of a fit of rage. Um, no, but genuinely, you could be like, hey, this is a night bus and it has beds on and you can get a hot chocolate and a toothbrush and we just ride around doing like dumb shit. Like, I would pay... Oh my God, imagine that as a PR event. That would be sick. No, I would pay for that. That's so fun. I just find something so like magical and exciting about it. It's really... People it's one of those... was a fucking hen party. Like, can you imagine exactly. that? Exactly. Like, the world's lamest one. It would be like for a massive loser nerd couple, like when you and Neil get married. But, rude, um... actually. Rude. Moving on, so Harry sees um, Sirius Black, I just forgot his name even though I'm literally looking at my notes to say it, um, in the paper and asks Stan about him. Good old Stan Shumpike. Stan Shumpike, I just wrote, Stan Shumpike is like a 2 out of 10 to Harry. He definitely is. Like, if we're going to keep up with our scale, Stan Shumpike, 2 out of 10. My grandma. My, my grandma? My granddad. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm, what? I'm at the, I would say that I'm at the height of drunk where I've forgotten that gender exists, but gender is also a social construct. So I always forget that gender exists. But anyway, no, my, my granddad was called Stan. 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 Well, Stan and Ernie were named after J.K. Rowling's two granddads, I think. Maybe we're related. Maybe I'm related to a giant turf. He gets on the night bus and Harry starts to learn about how the night bus works. And it basically says that the night bus jumps places when it moves. So once it picks Harry up, it jumps back to Abergavenny, where it originally was before Harry called it. But this makes me wonder, if the function of the night bus is that it can jump places between, you know, who it just picked up and going back to, why can't it just jump to where it needs to drop someone off. Like, it jumps back to Abergavenny, but then has to drive to where this woman needs dropping off. Why, if it has the jumping ability, not just jump to where this woman needs dropping off? Because magic. You gave a more detailed answer than this the first time we recorded, so I really need you to come up with something now. Magic. So Harry really thought that he could escape the wizard Oh, you're done with my note. I am. I'm, I'm so done with that. But literally, like, Harry was just like, oh, yeah, like, this is fine. Like, this is definitely, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so dumb. It's so fucking what, dumb. What, Harry thinking he can outrun the ministry? Yeah, he's The like, wizard cops. The wizard cops. He's like, yeah, if I get my invisibility coat and get my broom, they'll never find me. Yeah. Harry really fucking just thought he could escape the wizard cops. The which, goddamn wizard cops. The goddamn wizard cops. Goddamn. Which is just, just so damn like, it's just, it's not even like he was like, okay, like, if he was like, I'm going to use exclusively muggle wizard transport. Muggle, wait, muggle, muggle wizard? transport. Then I would be like, yeah, sure. Okay, you could escape the wizard cops because wizards, you know, infamously just massively underrate any kind of muggle technology. But it's the fact that he was like, I'm going to take like what is at this point one of the only established forms of magical transport. He didn't mean to call that form of of, of magical transport. But whilst he was on it, he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to escape the wizard cops. Like they're never going to track me. Oh my God, I'm going to go to the... Why are you doing that voice? Because Harry is... 
I don't I don't even know what that accent was. Um no, but he's like he's like thinking that okay, I'm gonna go to the one wizarding town that I know on the One um, Wizarding pub. Yeah. He's like, let me take let's go to the Weeky Cult the Weeky Yeah, on like the a, Leaky Cult. On like a clearly very like mainstream, like the one bus in the Wizarding World. Yeah. And I'm I'm definitely not gonna get caught. And it reminds me of this show that we have in the UK and I think it has just come to America called Hunted. Where basically the the show is that you have these like groups of people and sometimes it's like individuals and sometimes it's like a couple of people and they go on the run for like a month and they have to avoid being hunted by like the, you know, big brother estate so they can use like CCTV and like, you know, they can record you at the, the um, ATM the, where, where you get the money out. What, what's it called in America? ATM. You're using an American word. What's it called here? Cashpoint. Cashpoint. Okay. I just forgot what nationality I am. Or, you know, they can use, um, like, your license plate tracking technology. Yeah. Um, and basically, you have to try and avoid all of those things. And there's certain rules, like, you do have to get money out every X amount of days, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, they, like, hunt you. And it's basically, it's regulated by some ex-FBI person that's like, no, you couldn't do this. Yes, you could do that. Because, obviously, all the contestants have, like, camera people on them but it's wildly entertaining in a way where you're like this is kind of fake but i love it but essentially harry right now is on hunted and there's some people that come on that and they're like i am going to do so well they're like they're never gonna catch me oh my god i'm so smart it's amazing blah 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 and then like the first thing they'll do they'll get on a train going from like london to leeds and obviously like they can then be like oh okay well so this person they got money out at a cash point um two minutes from london you know whatever Houston. what goes to Euston station Houston will go to Leeds but yeah. um and we know that because you know the card that we gave them was activated and we can then see them on CCTV they walk in the direction of London station um they then bought a train <laughs> train ticket we can get see them get on the the platform to go to Leeds and then all they do is just surround Leeds station and just wait at the platform I for them to get off the train. Oh my god, it's so good. Like that's made it sound really boring, but it's no, so fucking juicy. That sounds like my Cause, shit. Because someone will be so cocky and then they'll just get on like a four hour train journey and you're like, where do you think you're getting off? It's not like you're jumping off into a field. There is literally like you can only get off at a certain point. And I feel like that's what Harry is at this point. He's like, oh my god, they're never gonna find me. I'm outsmarting the wizard cops, yada yada yada. And then it's like, no, Harry, you're you've gotten the only wizarding bus to one of the only wizarding pubs. Do you know what he should have done? He should have asked the bus to take him to the borough because the wheezies aren't there but he knows he could like get in. He could just like live in the borough until the wheezies get back. Are they not? Why? Oh, I guess they're Egypt! (laughs) With the owls. With the owls. But like, yeah, but Harry, as we know, is not very smart. So naturally... Once he actually pulls up to the pub, Fudge is waiting for him. Wait, no, I had a line before that. Oh, for fuck's sake, Hannah. It was just about that so far, and I think it's going to take a lot to beat this, I found my favourite line in this book. It's Stan Shunpike saying, Harry says the word Voldemort, and Stunpike says, what are you saying this thing for? You out of your tree? I just really want to start using that more. You, you out need of your, to. You out of your tree? Especially because your last name is Twig. <gasps> Which, that your tree? Which Hannah won't let me use the pun magical twig to talk about wands in relation to her last name. It's bad. Um, it's a bad pun. It's a fucking brilliant... Your last name is Twig. A magical twig is a wand. It's 
basic. Like, come up with something more exciting. Okay, come up with a pun about my last name. Moving on. They arrive outside the leaky cauldron and dun dun dun, because Harry's an idiot, Fudge is there. Obviously. I wanted to talk about how, you know, from like book four onwards, yeah. Fudge believes that Harry's a liar mm-hmm. and an attention seeker. Big mood. And we know. I am both a liar and an attention seeker, so I relate to Harry a lot. Such slithering qualities from you. I know. So. Like, in this moment, we understand Harry's motives and his reasons for leaving the Dursleys and his decision-making process because the narrator I mean, is inside his head. I feel like the word decision is quite generous. <laughs> oh, the bus arrived! I'll get on it! Exactly. <laughs> um, but we understand all that because the narrator is inside his head. But put yourself in Fudge's head for a moment. This kid... And then it's just it's the monkey with the the tambour the symbols. That's that's um that's inside Fudge's head. That's inside Donald Trump's head and Boris Johnson's head. And yes everyone yeah. else in politics right now anyone on the right wing so imagine it from fudge's perspective right now like just put yourself in fudge's shoes this kid <laughs> this kid who it like has already had his life at risk you know Voldemort's been after him why nobody really knows and, and then suddenly, last year he dropped a cake on some random woman yeah he's already had a warning from ministry of magic then he's the only one to go down to Chamber of Secrets after everyone's accusing him of being the heir of Slytherin. And then suddenly, from Fudge's perspective, because he doesn't know the context, he's throwing a hissy fit, running away from his guardian's house. Blowing up his aunt. Blowing up his aunt, causing time and money. Let's imagine how much this costs the government in terms of remit of costs. Like... And he's just run away and no one knows where he is. So there's lots of people out looking for him. That's a lot of costs. It's a lot of time. Fudge, like, although he's very kind to Harry in this chapter, in book four and five, when he starts to lose faith in Harry, what's happening here probably plays into that because he's like, remember when Harry was such a grumpy teenager that he caused all that trouble? Yeah, so therefore I don't believe him in this other shit he did. Charlie's been texting the... Entire time I was explaining my point just then. I was actually checking out the Instagram poll that you put on where like 70% of people have said that my hair looks like a dog. So thank you. I'm crying (laughs) inside and potentially on the outside. So my point is, why wouldn't they just erase Mr. and Mrs. Dursley's um, memories? Like, because they do that to Aunt Marge. Marge. But that's because she doesn't know about magic in the first place. Whereas Mr. and Mrs. Dursley know about magic so they don't erase it for that reason they have to talk them into welcoming harry back and i'm just like surely the easier thing to do in this situation would just to be like to just sneakily erase their memories i know but i suppose once you know all the information that's available is it against like the moral compass to erase memories nah fuck it i mean when that just means if people start doing that then imagine if like Brexit happened and it was a 50-50 vote and then they erase half the population's memories to make us think like we all wanted Brexit. Okay, so that is taking something out of context. (laughs) 
Um, I'm drunk. I'm just taking small things and turning them into Brexit. Okay, so we know that the Ministry of Magic operate on absolutely no kind of moral compass. They send people repeatedly to prison with no trial. This is true. They have no moral uh, compass. So just, just, just erase their memories. Come on, guys. I mean, they're already abusive. What the fuck do they think they're going to do to Harry once they think he's dangerous? I wondered. So Fudge says they didn't. They erased Mar- Marge's memory, but he said, you know, it took some persuading, but your aunt and uncle have agreed to let you back this summer. Did Fudge go to the Dursleys personally? And if he did... Where is that scene in the Netflix TV show we're all waiting for? We need it. That's just, what I want to see. Fudge going to the Dursleys. Just just let us, just let us let it produce it. Let us produce it. Us two. Yeah. We'll be sober mm-hmm. if you need us to be. Well, like one drink down. I didn't... Yeah. A couple of shots. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh... Then Fudge is disciplining Harry. Well, mm. no, he's not disciplining. Kinky. No. He's like, oh, Harry, it's fine. You know, people, you know, they get angry all the time, you know, blowing up their ass. It's such a small thing. And then Harry is like, uh, but what about the time you sent me a letter before? Harry, shut up. This one is where we Harry is so dumb. It pains me. He's literally getting off scot-free from breaking the law yeah. and he's like but what about the time i did this yeah he he is literally yeah he's just a fucking idiot he's just a fucking idiot yeah he's but like worst. he's also such a privileged jock because fudge is basically just like it's fine we've erased it we've sorted it and you know we really we should be like kicking you out of school and taking away your wand and potentially sending you to ask about for this but we're not going to because you like play a sport <laughs> Uh, he doesn't say that. No, but it is basically like the same treatment that, you know, people get in, um, particularly America, uh, where it's basically like... <laughs> well, you're so good at swimming. But, okay, who cared if you, trigger warning, raped those several thousand girls? Thousand? <laughs> Jesus. You're, you're the quarterback. It's fine. fine. Um, it's not fine. It. It's not fine. I... I really feel like that went without saying, but okay. Uh, no, but Harry is a privileged jock. Like he is, he's, he's just that like sporty dude that's kind of mediocre at school, but that gets away with a lot because of his just like male white privilege. I, I also think it's the attempted murders. What, Harry murdered people? No. Oh, he just attempted to. Yes. Yes. No. A murder was attempted on him. That's potentially so true. So then Fudge goes to leave. And Harry does the most baller move he does in all books, I think. I think this is his most baller move. He asked the Minister for Magic to sign his permission form. Now, when I first said this joke, I then asked Charlie, imagine asking Theresa May to sign your permission form. In between first recording that episode and now recording, fucking weeks we've gone from theresa may who we didn't vote in and none of us like to boris johnson who we didn't vote in and all of us think is a psychopath charlie imagine asking boris johnson to sign your school permission form i'm getting a lot of reaction out of you right now are you imagine talking talking to boris or are you more imagining that if you have to talk to him you've set him on fire so 
I have yet to come to terms with the fact that Boris Johnson isn't actually a cartoon character. I know, same. No, he's our prime minister. Okay, but... What's weird is, for you guys listening to this episode, Boris Johnson is prime minister. When you go and listen to the next episode, when we recorded it, Theresa May was still prime minister. Anyway, uh, just, so just Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson signing your school promotion. Uh, he's just like Trump, but uh, more cartoony, slightly less competent. Um, somehow, yeah. Um. Anyway, Harry basically asks the prime minister to sign his permission slip, which what you doing, Harry? Which, what you it's doing? It's just a baller move. Like I respect Harry in this moment. He knows what he wants. He's gonna go out and get it. Yeah. He is. Ooh. I love it. But I think that his time in London uh, sounds lovely. I agree. And that was my next note. The note before was that he gets into his room and guess who's there? Hedwig! Uh, Hedwig's there and Tom the barman says that Hedwig arrived five minutes after Harry. Now this is the point where I was like, A, Hedwig's the most intelligent creature on earth. B, luckily, she didn't have to fly to Egypt. C, how do owls know? She knew because she just, she's, she's a good egg. She's a good, she, she is, um, of, in terms of quality of egg, like, you know, when you check the eggs in the supermarket to see if one's smashed or cracked. Oh, or you've always got to open just, the box. You, you open the box. And even when you're like, I'm not sure why I have to open the box, but I see all the other adults opening the box. So I open the box. <laughs> you got to open the box. I've yet to open the box and find some kind of problem. But you kind of like, you look no, at the No, one eggs of my friends was Instagramming the other day. All the eggs in her supermarket were smashed. Someone had gone around and smashed all the eggs. London! <laughs> just, that just as a... Yeah. What a childish thing to do. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but y- you take a look at the egg, you pretend you know what you're surveying. It's like when someone's like, would you would you like to test the wine? Yeah, and you're like, of course. Is it... Is it's it, wine. <laughs> is it? Is it the house wine? Okay, fine. But no, it's, it's like that. It's like when you, you when you look at the eggs and you're like, I don't really know what I'm looking for, but the eggs seem fine. How is this it, related it's, to Hedwig? It's Bring like, it back. If you... Okay, if you looked at a bunch of owls, would you know owl from owl? Would you know the quality of owl? No, because when you open a carton of eggs, you're like, these eggs are fine. I know, <laughs> when you open a carton of owls, these owls... When, when, when you open a carton of owls, when, the owls are fine. When you open a carton of eggs and there's one smashed, that's Errol. When you oh. when you open oh. a carton of eggs and you're just like these are eggs and I don't I don't know what else to do with this information. That's just your bog standard Hogwarts owl. That's like what's what's Percy's owl? That's Hermes. Um, Herm, that's Hermes. So where's Hedwig? On the and when you look at eggs and for some reason you're like today these eggs just look extra good. When they're that's double yolkers. Yeah. Oh. Hedwig's. Hedwig is a, is a double, double yolk. How has the most fascinating and hilarious point in both our last episodes been? Owls. We just love owls. Like they're just... also not much happens in these chapters, so we're like owls. Let's just focus on the owls, and if we talk enough bullshit, no one will realize. And the last note is Harry basically gets to spend two weeks in a pub hotel. Now, I'm not someone that's been on that many work trips in my life. I've been on a few. But basically, I love a hotel room. But just regardless of work trips, just hotel rooms in general are oh, fucking yeah. lit. The reason why I love it on work is because I'm not paying for it. 
That is true. When I'm not paying for it, I'm like, oh boy, let's have a bath. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. I don't like baths. And I'm like, we're having a bath. <laughs> you you have to. You have if you to. don't take advantage of every single three free thing that's there, you're just losing money. I don't dry my hair, but I'm using the hair dryer. You just, just put it at your fanny for a bit. <laughs> and for American, uh, American oh, listeners, fanny to you means bum. For us, it means vagina. Have I told you I found that out today? Didn't you? Wait, did you? Wait, yeah. but you already knew that. No. I found out Fanny in America means bum today. Okay, I thought you already knew that. No. How? Because people are called Fanny in America and other places. Fanny here. Have you read Famous Five? No, because I'm... No. Oh, people are called Fanny in England. No one now is because it means vagina. Five-year-olds are. Look, all I'm saying is that if you are trying to solicit fanny sex here versus America, it means very different things. Ah, uh, no, but so I asked my boss this today because I found it out this morning and I wanted to confirm with her because she's a Wait, real life American. Right. So you asked your boss what fanny meant. <laughs> no, I said, can I just confirm that fanny means something? We were on the topic. Of and fannies. Of, <laughs> Wait, which fanny? Of American conversation. Of uh, because, American fannies. Right, okay. One of my colleagues put her purse, she dropped it on the floor. And I said, you've dropped your purse. And 10 minutes later, my boss was like, I was saying something, we were going to get lunch. And I was like, have you got your purse? And she turned to me, she was like, I find it so cute you call it a purse. And I was like, because it's a purse. She was like, no, it's a wallet. And I said, well, a wallet is a man's and a purse is a woman's because we feel the need to overly gender things here. Yeah. And she was like, no, but a purse has handles. And I was like, no, that's a handbag. So we were laughing about that. And then I said, actually, I just learned something this morning. Could you confirm it for me? Fanny doesn't mean what it does here, does it? And she no. was like, oh, no, it means bum. Primary school teachers will say, now go sit on your fannies. <laughs> So sorry if you're listening. So then we were joking about Americans coming to England and saying the word fanny and it's funny. And she said, well, there's worse ones. And I said, well, what's worse than funny? She said, well, there's one which I actually said in a pub. And I was like, well, go on. And she was like, well, I was in a pub and it was a big queue and a man turned around and we were, you know, trying to get around each other and we were talking and he was holding two drinks. Oh no. And she was like, oh, you're double fisting. (laughs) In a pub in England, she said to him, "Oh, you're double fisting." <laughs> Look, okay, we've all been there, right? Uh... We're double fisting. I hope. I double fisting. What it means in America means double parked here. It's when you're carrying two drinks in England. Double fisting means and a different. Just look it up um, for yourself. Something else. This will be something else. Something else. We're not talking. We're not. Uh, Chapter four, the leaky cauldron. My first point is, are all whistling pubs named the same as muggle pubs? Because in England, you have like every pub. So there's about like three pub names in England and you kind of get different variations. There's not. Okay, five. Uh, No, but so every town ever has the red lion. Obviously. The king's head. Yeah. Here's my point. So the joke about the wizarding pubs 
is that they are based on what muggles call they pubs. So, I don't know about the Leaky Cauldron, whatever, but the Three Broomsticks is a take off the Three Cups. Yeah. I had one in my town. The Hog's Head is a take off the King's Head or the Queen's Head, which, again, I had in my town. But British pub names are named because... So, back in the day when pubs first sprung up in England, which we are talking back in, I don't know, way long time ago. Like, pubs are an ancient thing in England. And I find it weird that other countries don't have pubs. This is something we managed to... Other countries don't have pubs. I just, I can't comprehend that because I know that pubs and bars are essentially the same principle in which they are a... A, uh, no, but, you know, fundamentally, they are a place that you go in to acquire alcohol to drink on that premises. Like, it's... I, yeah, it, yeah, I guess that's the basic principle. Yeah. So, I understand, and... But, yeah, like, even America, there's things that you can Like, but they're bars. They're bars. They're but you can't compact. take your kids in a bar for a Sunday afternoon, whereas I grew up in pubs all my so, Sunday afternoons. Uh, the thing with America is that a lot of places in America will have, like, like a grill and bar or, like, a restaurant and bar. Oh, so okay, so you are allowed kids there. Yeah, because... Oh, okay. Because, so they will have, like, a proper, like, round bar, basically, in the middle of a restaurant. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and they will have, like, all of them, like, even when it's some shitty run-of-the-mill, like, well, not shitty, but, like, run-of-the-mill, like, um, restaurant they will have this like circular bar in the middle that will just do like, and they the bar people will just do everything, like amazing cocktails. And right. that's why like there's kind of tipping culture there because there's kind of anything to tip for. Whereas like if you went to uh, like, you know, like a Weatherspoons or a Hungry Horse or, <laughs> yeah, like that kind of thing here, like yeah. kind of the British equivalent is just like you're just given watered down vodka with some blue food dyeing. But also I find pub culture hard to explain to people who don't live here because pubs are not bars. They are yeah. inherently wildly different bars. We have bars here. Pubs are yeah. anything from a morning coffee, yeah. a family social event, or a place where you get smashed and have a quiz, or a place where you get smashed and have a dance. It or can be any a Sunday event. lunch. A Sunday lunch. Fish and chips. in the sun because most a lot of pubs Bang in the countryside a lot of pubs in the countryside have a pub garden a pub yeah. garden by a canal a pub garden by a river exactly anyway my we, point about we pub, love a pub we love a pub my point about pub naming was back in the day when pubs first sprang up in England which I think is like 800 years ago like a fucking long time um, obviously the general populace couldn't read so the signs outside depicted what the pub name was and that's why they're always the blah 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 so the three cups would have just been a painting of three cups the king's head would have been the king of the time his head yeah so the name sprang up because they were simple things that could be painted on signs Mm. because the average person in england couldn't read and still to this day we name pubs those kind of names and we always all pubs have a painted sign outside yeah. so that's why in the wisdom world they would have the three broomsticks because you'd been... paint three broomsticks amazing exactly I that. but the leaky cauldron is the only one i can't work out a comparable like we don't have the leaky yeah. bucket <laughs> that's true anyway so anyway. harry spends a very enjoyable um week in london he does uh, he finds out that black dogs are death omens from a book in a bookshop. He does, which my book had a mistake there. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, it was a small mistake. Basically, halfway through the sentence, the manager turns into the assistant. He gets demoted halfway through the sentence. <laughs> Big mood. Big mood. Um, <laughs> he also mentions that, you know, the basics of fortune telling in- include reading burden trails. Mm. Yum. Let's I... do that on a podcast episode. Oh, okay. Let's pick apart a bird. Yes. We'll just go out, find some casual roadkill. There's from... a lot of roadkill. Yeah, that's um a slightly maggoty blackbird mm. and read its entrails. He also gets all his homework help from Florian Fortescue and the ice cream maker. The ice cream maker, which is cute, but so one cute. thing I picked up on also is that... cheating. No, how? No, no, a bit, but no. Okay. Um, one thing I picked up on is that Florian Fortescue helped him with his homework and also bought him. Free ice cream sundaes every half an hour. That's that's uh, too much ice cream. It's too much ice cream. And if this sentence was in relation to Dudley, yeah. it would be about how it's disgusting that he yeah. ate that much ice cream. It's mm-hmm. disgusting that he was allowed that much food. But in relation to Harry, because Harry's always skinny, it's seen as like quirky and cute that Florian brought him that much ice cream. Yeah. Exactly. It's Whereas, like one rule for yeah. one, one rule for the other. Yeah. It's just like Harry is a skinny legend. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, but uh, Dursley, Dudley. Um, Dudley. Dudley, dude boy, Dursley. Uh, yeah, that, that chap can uh, go fuck himself. Stop playing footsie with me, you big lesbian. Ron and Hermione finally arrive. Uh, so Hermione has some birthday money or some shit. I don't know. Uh, and wants to go to a pet shop. And Ron's like, that's amazing because Scabbers has been really fucking unwell lately. So he takes Scabbers to a pet shop where the sales assistant orders him to bang him on the counter. <laughs> I love that because it's, it's like just like English style, like bang him on. Bang him on the counter. Yeah, it's like, it's that that level. And then there's also just completely out of context, <laughs> someone ordering someone to bang him on the counter. Does sound like you're leaning someone over the counter and banging them. Exactly. But and then there's that. also like, if he literally banged him on the counter, this already <laughs> like elderly and sickly rat, and then Stop. he just bangs him onto the counter. And then, you imagine... saw it in a sexual sense. I saw it in the classic no! English language. I'm not, I'm when not. When you throw something down, you bang it on the counter. No, I'm not talking about in this sector. I'm not talking about Ron fucking rat. I'm just saying, okay, so his rat is old and ill, and then he takes him out of the pocket and bangs him down on the counter. That rat would die. <laughs> Bang. Well, maybe that would be the best for the series. Yeah. Just bang the rat down on the counter. And that's how book three ended and Voldemort never came back. No, but it reminds me of a bit of anyone seen Arrested Development where um, a magician goes into a pet shop and buys um, like a pigeon or something. And then as he leaves, he accidentally walks into the glass door and then he kills the... He's like put the ki- pigeon oh, in no. his um, jacket pocket. Oh, no. For some reason. And then he walks into the tries to return the dead pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> you're finding dead pigeons funny. It's a lot funny if you've watched it. Um, um, I find it funny that the woman like, just recommends Ron Rat Tonic, which just sounds like the most generic shit ever. Like, yeah. you know when like either you're given something by the doctors or just something no in general that it's just like it's when you go to the vets and they just like like okay so i know that your cat is 103 years old um but it definitely has diabetes and you need this 200 pound a month um 
cat tonic. Cat tonic. And you're like, okay, this this cat is um regardless of any other health issues, this cat is um a hundred and whatever I just said years old. It's it it's it's about to die anyway. Like, but also, I'm like, not gonna give it this medicine. Like it will do nothing. Yeah. it's just tonic. It does nothing. I just marinated. Or you're so from. Stop marinating my Johnny. All night has been marinating my sofa in booze. Um, I keep. Sorry, sorry. Shall I say couch? Couch. Couch. Marinating the couch. Marinating the couch. Anyway. <laughs> so the lady's a bit like this. This uh, this uh, this rat seems a bit old, but I'm not going to question it. I think she basically is like this. Ginger can't count. Um, oh, there's rabbits in there which turn into top hats, which is a throwaway. Lay- th- Hebel? It is a throwaway line. Thank you. It's a which um, invokes uh, uh, words. Um, it's just a throwaway line, but it's a joke within a joke. Like, J.K. Rowling knows she's writing about the Wizarding World, and the classic thing in the Wizarding World is oh, you pull a rabbit out of the top hat. So she yeah. has this little line in the pet shop about rabbits turning into silk top hats. And for some reason, I just find it really funny because it's really self-aware. Yeah. Like, I really love self-aware humour. And when Jake and Ronnie is just like, I know I'm writing about wizards. And she puts this little thing in. And I'm yeah. just like, cute. It's cute. Yeah. I like yeah. it a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah. So then Ron gets attacked by the best character in the books. Crook Shanks. Crook Shanks. Crook Shanks. Crook Shanks. Crook Shanks. What happened to Crook Shanks in like, book seven? He lived with Ginny. Mm. And he survived. No. Yes. No. Yes. Ginny was at Hogwarts. Yeah. Ginny took him to Hogwarts. No. Yes. No. Yes. So. Ah, uh, okay. This is just my own personal head canon, but so. Um, Hermione. Wow. It's, I'm not gonna say he just casually got run over. Oh. No. So she sent him to Australia. Yes. She looked after them because he was the uh-huh. only one that knew. Yeah, because how? Because she always says, "I wiped their memories and sent them to Australia." We're talking how, about Hermione's parents. Yeah. Sorry, we're jumping around. A yeah. Lot. So how is Hermione going to track them down? Um, you know, there's there, there's potential options, but at the end of the day, we know that Crookshanks is part cat, part Neasel, Neasel, an extra intelligent super cat. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just like I was like extra intelligent super cat, and then I just just saw the cats trailer in my mind. Uh, oh no, no, Charlie, no! Yeah, anyway, so I like to think that she sent Crookshanks with her parents to somehow ha- help facilitate getting back in contact. But also to ready. make sure they stayed safe and look after them. Like, not that Crookshanks could do anything, but just to make sure they stayed out of gen- general harm's way. Oh, mm-hmm. that's much. So I always thought Crookshanks. We'll talk about this in detail in book seven. I always thought Crookshanks went with Ginny. But I like that a lot yeah. more. Because she's going to need a way to find them again. And, and the cat is away. Unless she somehow puts some kind of like tracking spell on them. But I quite like the cat head canon. Because otherwise, where does Crookshanks go? I just, it just annoys me that it kind of like for book three, Crookshanks was a plot device. And then, and then like kind of got const- written out. But he's kind of like constant throughout the books. And then, yeah, in book seven, it's just like, Crookshanks, who? Who? I feel like even in book six. I haven't mentioned that much. But I just like cats. Like, honestly, the only way that you could improve Harry Potter, um, aside from making J.K. Rowling not a turf, is to just make it about cats. More cats. Every. No, not more cats. 
every character is a cat. Um, yeah. Um, justice for Crookshanks. We've done justice for Hedwig. Now it's justice for Crookshanks. Yeah. Um, but this is the introduction of Crookshanks, who is the best fucking character. And I also love that Crookshanks is this kind of like... <laughs> the thing is, Crookshanks is such a metaphor for Hermione. It's like this really intelligent creature who normal society have just kind of rejected. They're like, yeah. I don't want this. I don't want this. Yeah. And then someone chooses to take it in and they thrive. Yeah. The same way Ron Hermione chose to, you know, accept Hermione's friendship and she was already amazing, but she thrived off their friendship. Yeah. Crookshanks is allowed to thrive because I think Hermione, in a really weird way, sees herself in Crookshanks. He's been rejected and rejected, even though he's a really intelligent, amazing creature. But society doesn't like the way he looks, and he's a bit weird. But then Hermione takes him in, and it's just fucking great. And it's cute. I just yeah. love Crookshanks. Yeah. So then someone at some point uh, said the line, "Black's not going to be caught by a couple of thirteen-year-olds." I can't remember who said this line because I now wrote this note several weeks ago. But I love this line because he is. Well, yeah, good point. He is about to be caught by some Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that was in uh, the bit about money. So in that bit about money, it's when they've gone back to the bar. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley are there. They're all greeting them. They're talking about Sirius Black being on the loose. And also in that bit is... I'm sorry, one... It's in my top three best book scenes ever. No. Um, it's where Harry is saying hello to Percy and Percy's being weirdly formal and then Fred and George come in and they see Percy shaking Harry's hand and they nudge Harry out the way and they're like, oh, Percy, it's corking to see you. Absolutely corking. Percy, it's spiffing <laughs> to see you. It's spiffing to see Oh, mother, we didn't see you. That absolute pleasure to see you. And I remember reading this paragraph and finding it hilarious, but not understanding what the words corking and spiffing mean. And going to ask my mum, and my mum losing her shit laughing. She was like, I'm so glad you've come and asked me this. Like, this is this is the Britishness I want. Because corking and spiffing are very old-fashioned British words for, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, and I remember, uh, that's one of my earliest, clearest Harry Potter memories. Reading Prisoner of Azkaban. And I said in, chap- I said in episode one, I don't remember when I read it. But going to ask my mum what corking and spiffing meant. Amazing. But it's one of my favourite book scenes. Yes. Yeah. So my next note is just in caps, Percy, Percy, Pursley, Percy, because we love Chris. Uh, so then Harry overhears Mr. and Mrs. Weasley arguing about how Sir- Sirius is after Harry. And I then Harry have eavesdrops the whole yeah. time. Yeah, it's just incredibly fucking awkward. And there's this great misdirection where basically Mr. Weasley repeats, Black was saying in his sleep. He's at Hogwarts. He's, He's at, at Hogwarts. Hogwarts, yeah. And it's just this... Uh, one thing J.K. Rowling is really good at is plot set through misdirection. Like, we've said a few times that the, although the Harry Potter series are fantasy, they don't follow the fantasy format. They follow the typical murder yeah. mystery format. And murder mystery is often misdirection. And this is misdirection at its finest. Three words. He's at Hogwarts. In all contexts throughout the book, of course Sirius Black is talking about Harry. But yeah. no, at the end, it flips the entire situation on its head. And I just fucking love the misdirection yeah. in this book. It's, it's pretty genius. damn good. It's yeah. genius. Yeah, but even though Harry overhears this, he literally doesn't give two fucks. No. 
He's literally just sad about the fact he won't be able to go to Hogsmeade. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is, this is what he, like, takes from being like, this ma- mass murderer is, like, on a mission to kill you. He's like, so I won't be able to go to Hogsmeade? It's like, Harry, okay, so get your fucking priorities on order. Yeah. Like, I know you're a Gryffindor, but really that, like, level of, like, uh, like, bravo is just... Rude. Rude just, to my Gryffindor Ridiculous. Oh, fuck off. And he's Bravado. literally... Bravado. Did you say bravo? whatever Bravada. I'm drunk and he's literally thinking to himself <laughs> I am not going to be murdered and it's just like Harry you're, something's more important you're just, you're than going to the village not being yes. murdered is yeah. one of them but he's just he's he's trying to speak it into existence he's trying to um, what's the word he's trying oh, to like, when you like realise into vi- existence yeah like well, fuck what's the word begins with C I swear I don't, when you, I don't, I don't know that kind of stuff yeah he's trying to like uh Invigilize. Invisible, yeah. Invisage. He's he's trying to make it happen just by thinking about it. It's like I'm not going to get murdered. It's I just want to go to the village with my friends. Yeah, that's all my notes. That's all my notes. We cool. have a Patreon question. Oh, shit, what was it? So it is a wonderful question by Amanda who wants to know who do we feel is more evil, Umbridge or Voldemort? Remember, guys, if you have a question for us, like a very specific question, if you become a certain Patreon tier supporter, you can ask us a question that will be featured on the podcast at the end. There's also lots of other rewards, so basically, go check out our Patreon. Give us money. We'll show you our tits. But thank you, Amanda, for this question. Yep. Is who's more evil, Voldemort or Umbridge? So, good question. It depends on your definition of evil. It does. I feel like Umbridge is more realis- realistic evil. And yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like we talked about this before. Maybe not on the podcast, but definitely in person. Um, Umbridge is the evil that you see and you know in everyday, everyday life. life. Umbridge and is the teacher you had in school. And Umbridge is also the bosses and that you the have in the workplace. political figures. He's <laughs> a mate. Um, yeah. Whereas... Voldemort is a very fictional level. I don't find Voldemort scary personally. I I kind of some of the bits in the film, like in, no in the books, if you're like some. listening to the audio, but like he he is a very fictional level. And of it's evil. not that like evil can't get to that point. We mm. know it can in real world. Yeah. Like if you compare Voldemort to Hitler, if you want to, or yeah. like we yeah. can get to that point in society. But the reason why I find Umbridge more scary. Is because it's not like, oh, we have to get to the point of Umbridge. Umbridge is everywhere. Umbridge mm-hmm. is the teacher you had that bullied you. Umbridge is the boss you had yep. that made you cry in the toilet every day at work. Umbridge is the person, you're right, it's the person you see on the news every day that's lying and lying and lying about politics yep. to get you to believe what they want you to believe for their own gain. And that scares me more because... It's in the general populace more, and it yeah. it affects more. It's a, it's a more realistic evil. However, if we're just kind of talking about just who is more evil, obviously I think Voldemort is in the ter- terms that he's kind of like when you think of evil, you don't think about some like actual like realistic thing. You think about tangible evil. Yeah, like who's yeah. evil? Yeah. So when you actually think about who's kind of like the horror figure, the mass murderer, the like evil person yeah i would say that voldemort is more evil but when i think you think about who is kind of like worse on like on a kind of like realistic like a kind of like evil that you know then it's umbridge and to flip the question who would you be more scared to stand up to i'd be a lot more scared to stand up to umbridge um because voldemort i feel like 
Like, he's going to kill you, basically, whatever you do. So fight as hard as you want. you just got to fight and fight That's and fight. That's a good point. Whereas Umbridge scares me because she would use manipulation, rumours, whatever she has at her means <sighs> to ruin I your think life. I just, I just look at Umbridge as being quite useless. Um, like, her, all her attempts to kind of, like, gain power were pretty shit. Like, yeah. she didn't really gain power over... Hogwarts she just kind of completely lost control yeah whereas I feel like Voldemort because he would just kind of like murder you instantaneously kind of like demotivating to stand up to him because you're like there's there's gonna be no real result I'm just gonna be Cedric Diggory'd whereas like Umbridge is like that kind of figure where I feel like I could actually like kind of get a rise out of it and get some kind of reaction like she's not just gonna avada cadavra me like so Although I do kind of think that, yeah, like, I'd be more likely to stand up. I don't know. I I think I'd be more likely to stand up to Umbridge because I just think if you stand up to Voldemort, you just get dead. So I feel like it's better to stand up to him in the kind of way where you kind of join the Order of the Phoenix kind of thing. Not just, like, be like, yo, dude, you're a twat. Whereas I feel like I could stand up to Umbridge and be like, yo, dude, you're a twat, and that would have a lot more effect. Okay. It depends what point. you mean by standing up to. There's a, it's a good question because the question is totally defined by your own definition of evil. Yeah. Who do you think is more evil? It's so hard. Who I hate more is Umbridge. Yeah. But who do you think is more evil? That's the question. Evil. Pure evil. Voldemort. Yeah. Cool. But it's a different question than who I like least in the series. Yes. Yeah. But thank Definitely. you for that question. Amanda. That was a really good question. It's a really good question, and there's more we can discuss on this topic. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good topic. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our producer-level patron Sandra for her help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us, as well as gaining access to behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes... Check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash goblet of wine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.